This conference will now be recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I'm back. I had Saturn on my Saturn on my Moon, my Venus, my Saturn, my Mercury, my Mars, my Midheaven. Finally got off it. I feel like I'm a new woman. Uh, welcome to the Weekly Weather for uh, now. We have for February uh, 18th through February 25th. What we're going to have this week is a lot of exciting energy. So let's dive in. I am free of Saturn until he visits my sun, but that's just one planet. That's not my moon, my Venus, my Saturn, my Mercury, my Mars, my Midheaven. I'm back, though. We love Saturn. We worked really hard with him. Got to the other side. All good. And now we're going to go to the other side with you guys. So off we go. Let's have some fun. Let's look at the energy of the week ahead and how we can work with it and what it can show us and what it can teach us. So hang on tight. Off we go. Bye. All right. So this week, our weekly weather features February 18th to February 25th, the sun enters Pisces. We're also going to look at last week, the review of Mercury, Mars, and Venus as they met Pluto. As I was out last week with my playing with Saturn. Uh, Mercury enters Pisces this week. We also have a full moon in Pisces and Virgo. And we have Venus squaring Jupiter at the end of the week. So it's a lot of stuff going on up there in the heavens that will take our attention and help us work with things in a new way and hopefully help us see things in a difference because we're on the other side of it it invites us to look back and pay attention to what we had. So uh, here are the aspects for the week uh, and the month ahead. Um, and first, we're going to go back to when Pluto entered Aquarius part two. Now, we, you know, he's shifting. So he was in Capricorn, and then he went into Aquarius last March through June. Then he went back into Capricorn. On January 20th, he went back into Aquarius which gives him a uh, new approach and he'll be in Aquarius until we get to September when he goes back into Capricorn again for three months until November 20th when he goes into Aquarius for 19 years. So we're having this liminal state where he's jumping off the cliff into the air and then he lands on the rocks and then he jumps off the cliff again and lands on the rocks. So if you've ever mogul skied um, as a skier back when I was a little younger I used to ski. I was a conservative skier, but I could do the black diamond hills. I could even do the double black diamonds. I just did them a little slow. But when you're skiing on those mounds, you jump off one mound and you do a curving thing and you come to rest on the next one. Or you keep going, rest, you know, kind of zooming along, riding on the top, riding down the hill, turning sideways, riding down the hill. So that's a little bit what like Saturn on a mountain is doing as he jumps into the air. If you've ever watched skiers, you know, they go flying down the thing and then they jump into the air. That is Saturn and Capricorn jumping into the air in Aquarius. And then they land. If you watch the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, they land and then they skate to the bottom, ski to the bottom. And it's kind of a combo. So this is his second jump into the air. And we can see it's a mixed message jump. It's a Virgo rising chart, Casper DC. It also is the sun is joined to Pluto. But remember, Pluto and the Sun met just minutes, minutes 
one minute, literally in astrological time, 29.59 before the sun went into Aquarius and then right behind him Pluto did. So even though they're very close, they were breathing on each other's necks, they did not meet up. Moon was out of bounds in Gemini, so it presents us choices and options. Mars is out of bounds in Capricorn, the sign of his exaltation, answering to Saturn in water, in, in Pisces, still working out what the structures are, what structures need to dissolve, what structures need to stay. So there's a lot of energy. This week, the North Node gets to 15 and catches up to Chiron. And Chiron's going to dive into the North Node of Fate. So it's a big deal. We're going to really feel that energy as Chiron zooms in there around our wound, our soul's purpose. Why are we here? But Pluto in Aquarius, he's an air sign. He says, are you going to fly through the air? Are you going to crash? And he says, moon's out of bounds in Gemini at the top of the chart. We face choices. What are the choices we face? How wise are we going to be in our choices? So that was Pluto going in, and he's not committed to Aquarius yet. He says, okay, we're talking stuff, but I'll see you. I'm going back into Capricorn for a few months in the fall. So I want you kind of focusing on what's important. Then this month, the personal planets, not the sun, but the personal planets. Now remember, when an aspect happens in the sky, when Mercury meets, a Mercury meets Pluto, your natal Mercury and your natal Pluto have a reaction. That's just how it works. Those two planets, wherever they are in your chart, hanging out, doing whatever they're doing, when the planets meet up in the heavens, sends a little message out to your Mercury, sends a little message out to your Pluto, and they bring their game. And they have a conversation. And then they split up. And they say, oh, we were talking about that, huh? Okay. So in this case, Mercury and Pluto met up in the 12th house, in the chart cast for Washington. But they did meet up. And they met up in a, a zero Aquarius to discuss something. So think about what was going on in your chart February 5th. A lot of action. Moon is out of bounds again, this time in Sag rather, in Ge rather than in Gemini. And we also have this deep conversation going on with the planets. Venus is in a trine to Uranus. So she's saying, I want to shake some stuff up. Uranus as the ruler, in addition to Saturn. They're both rulers of Aquarius. Saturn is on a world point. Seven and a half of the mutable signs is a world point. So Saturn's at 657, almost seven. We do a degree on either side. So when Mercury and Pluto meet up, they are talking to the soul's purpose of Saturn and how he is going to show up in the world. And he's listening. Mercury and Pluto are having a conversation. Mercury and Pluto, Mercury's the only guy that goes to the underworld. I always think of Pluto as being a bit of a hoarder. <laughs> he may not be, but... He, you know, I always kind of think, like, why does nobody else want to go to Pluto's house for a party? You know, and you know, you know you had that kind of friend, you know, when you were younger. I remember the guys that I went to college with, they, had, they lived off campus my, our senior year. But then they had this place that they rented in, like, a real hellhole in Brooklyn or Queens. Somewhere it was, was awful. And they would have survival of the fittest cockroach races. So they had a lot of cockroaches in their apartment, which, as an upstate girl... I did not really appreciate the power of cockroaches until I moved to New York. But what they would do 
is they would um, open up, they would turn off the lights in the kitchen, and they would sit in the living room for about a half an hour, getting stoned. And then they would go in and they'd turn the lights on. And any cockroach that wasn't fast enough to have made it up into the counter, when the lights got turned on, got killed. So they were breeding a super cockroach, right? That's Mercury and Pluto. I kind of think of that as a super cockroach. Like we've got this energy. The two of them are buddies. They're conspiring. They're talking about things. But they're also coming up with some really interesting ideas. You know, in my mind, why would you build a super cockroach? Like that just seems really weird. But they had a vision. They had a plan. So when Mercury and Pluto met up, in your chart in the sky on February 5th your two, your Mercury and your Pluto both reacted and they listened to what Mercury and Pluto were saying so you have to listen think back what happened it's not that long ago it was a Monday unlike not like not unlike today just a couple weeks ago that encouraged you to make some new decisions about ideas thoughts concepts Mercury Pluto what's the vision next up on Wednesday, we had Mars hit Pluto. Now, we know Mars, as he comes in, Mars and Pluto are buddies, too. Mars doesn't necessarily hang out with Pluto, but he kills people and he sends them to the underworld, right? That was on Valentine's Day. So we know that we had the, um, we had the Super Bowl last weekend. We also know that's around the time that Trump said to, you know, telling his NATO stories on the campaign trail that I would say to them, do with them what you will. Which is kind of, you know, one rapist talking to another in the sense of Putin and Trump. Putin, Trump has been convicted as a rapist under New York state law. You can't tell if it's a penis or not, but he did penetrate. And there were other women that he's assaulted. Fine. Putin, of course, we know he kills his people, right? He just shoots them. Europe got a little, got their knickers in a twist. Because, yeah, if you don't pay your NATO bills. Now, of course, NATO doesn't have bills, right? It, everybody's supposed to spend a certain percent of their GDP in arming themselves. And Poland, or, I'm sorry, Ukraine, interestingly, had spent 3.96. And, and then we also had Tucker Carlson going over and interviewing Putin. And Putin said Poland 30 times in the speech. Now, that's not good because Poland is a NATO ally. And my uh, brother-in-law is Army Corps of Engineers. So he was over there doing work for NATO for a few years, you know, the last six, seven years ago, for six years. So, yeah, not good. But, you know, Tucker's Tucker and uh, Putin... Putin and Trump, Trump, and everybody's fine, but Mars-Pluto is a war aspect. And the only time Article 5 of NATO has been called into question was when we were attacked, the United States was attacked on September 11th, 20, over 50 years, this, nothing's happened. But now we got the orange guy saying it. Mercury-Pluto, Mars-Pluto, think about your Mars, your natal Mars, what does it, it do? Think about your natal Pluto, what does it do? The two of them met up, they got an assignment, they got a task. Notice this is in the third house of communication. What did you learn? What did you hear? And remember Mars, we often hear in the day or two leading up to it, which is when the NATO comment for Trump was made and Tucker Carlson had his interview, 
and then we had that conjunction on Wednesday. Now, interestingly, over in Munich, we had a big confab of people gathering uh, to discuss the world events and what's going on. Hillary Clinton's over there, Kamala Harris, the ambassador, the former ambassador to Russia's over there, quite a few people. And they're having their meeting on Wednesday, Mars-Pluto meeting. We're going to talk about our strategies around the war. Mercury is on a world point, 15 of Aquarius. So the next day, we find out Navalny, Alexei Navalny, has been murdered by Putin. He's up in a prison up in Siberia. And the day before he was murdered, he released a videotape, or a videotape was released, of him laughing with a guard and saying, yeah, you know, I'm going to run out of some money. You better give me some money. It was, it was a joking video, but he looked in perfect health, and it was said this was the day or so before, and they'd lost track of him. He'd been transferred to a new prison, so his lawyers couldn't find him. Again, Saturn on a world point, Mercury on a world point, Mars and Pluto meeting up. So they're all over in Munich, and the next day we find out Navalny died, and we're going to look at his chart at the end. So that was the Mars-Pluto in the world. What was the Mars-Pluto in your life that you heard early in the week through Wednesday? What was the action you were asked to take? What was the idea? Now, I know what was going on for me because I was rolling on the ground with Saturn and all my planets. Um, but you had stuff go down, too. And some people heard good things. Some people heard bad things. Some people heard... Oh, this is my approach to the next chapter. I get it now. I know what I have to do. Again, this is very personal. We all had this experience. And the reason I'm citing the world events is because they were right up there. We also had the verdicts. We also had Trump trials. We also had the release of the papers uh, about Joe Biden keeping classified documents and questioning his mental stability or his mental veracity. Sweet old man, but with memory problems. So, Mercury, Mercury, Pluto, words that are sharp. Mars, Pluto, actions that are sharp, right? And we had the FBI informant arrested who was filing false documents. I mean, there was a lot going on in the news last week. It was a busy news week, as they say. The next one up was on Saturday when Venus and Pluto met up. And they met up on Saturday. Now, remember that now Venus, of course, is the goddess of love. And there were some aspersions cast upon her when uh, Persephone was abducted to the underworld that Venus had said to Pluto, you know, why don't you maybe do something with that? You know, because she's so close to her mother. She needs, she needs, you know, there was a whole bunch of, whole bunch of stories, kind of like we have in the world, a whole bunch of different stories. Who knows what's true? But we tune in. So as Venus-Pluto met up, this was money. This was finance. This was also regulations on the kids in terms of what social media they could get, laws around that. This was Congress fighting around uh, the money for the war and calling, you know, and saying, hey, we're going to leave. This was also Trump saying he wasn't going to enforce the border, Mars-Pluto, and the, the Republicans called a three-week vacation and took off. So this, and, and in the meantime, voted, um, um, drawing a blank, the Homeland Security guy voted to impeach him after failing the day before because the, the guy got out of bed and came to the hospital, came to the hospital and voted. And we also had Santos's seat elected, taken over by um, 
the new guy, well, he's not the new guy, he's the old guy back again. The guy had left to run for governor of New York, and now he's back in Congress, the Democrat, took back Santos's seat. So we have a lot of stuff going on, Venus, Pluto, Mars. And so this conjunction set up the ideas, the actions, the money issues, the communication issues, the understanding, again, with Saturn all on a world point while this was going down, with Mercury on a world point while this was going down. Right now in the, in the Venus-Moon, the Venus-Pluto case, Moon in Gemini on a world point. So that was our history lesson for last week, right? And we all got advised, we all got told, hey, this is what's going on. How do you feel about it? What do you want to do about it? How does this work? Now, in my case, there were a bunch of things going on, and I can tell you a story for every one of those planets. And I can tell you my emotional reaction to it, good, bad, or indifferent, and it was multiple versions of emotional reaction. But it also was an understanding, an aha moment, a recognition that life is changing. We're at the liminal stages. Remember, liminal is that period of time between dusk and uh, sunset, you know, and it's everything's gray, and it's you know how hard it is to drive in that light. You don't have the headlights on; everything's kind of gray. You can see stuff, but it's not really clear. That moment in sun in sunrise when it's not really a full day yet. We're in that transition phase. Um, when you do Ramadan, one of the things they do is they fast from sunrise to sunset. Well, how do you know when sunrise to sunset is, especially? back in the time when you didn't have clocks, well, you would hold a thread. And when you could see the thread, you knew that was, when you couldn't see the thread anymore, you knew it was dark. And that was considered suns. Hold a white thread. You couldn't see it. That marked darkness coming in. So the, the liminal time, the shift, the change, and we are in liminal times. So Mercury and Venus and Mars have all met Pluto in Aquarius. They teach us the power of words. They teach us the power of actions. They teach us the power of desire. And what is it we desire and why? And they speak to those energies. Think of all the stuff that went down in the last two weeks and just go, okay, where's the, who's, who's is this? Oh, this is Mercury's. Oh, whose is this? Oh, this is Venus's. Oh, whose is this? This is Mars's. We, we've seen it. You know, whether you, whatever you tuned into, anywhere on the news, there were stories of Mercury, Venus, and Mars meeting Pluto. Power given, power taken, power over, power shared, power, Pluto. How do we communicate it? How do we love it? How do we act with it? How do we value it? How do we take, move it moving into a new place? How do we communicate it? These are all the lessons we had in the last two weeks while I was rolling, on the rolling around on the ground with Saturn. I was busy with Saturn, but I was paying attention to the news. So that's the background. Now, you go think in your chart what happened in your world. Think about the stories you reacted to and how you reacted to them, what you reacted to about them. That's the point. That's the Mercury to Pluto. That's the Venus to Pluto. That's the Mars. He talked to all of them. And when anybody says Pluto's a dwarf planet, don't believe him. Because <laughs> he's, a, he's a big guy. And uh, he's a big guy. All right, so that's the energy for that. It's, that's my two weeks I was off rolling around on the ground. I do apologize. 
Somebody post, posted on Facebook, and I thought it was a good idea. You know, we wait for this, and you don't always tell us. Just post that you're not going to post. You know what it is, is I'm a Virgo. So I'm like, all right, I can't post today, but I'm going to post tomorrow. And then I'm like, okay, I didn't post today, but I'm going to post tomorrow. And then by the time I get to Thursday, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to post. So I, it's my good intentions tied to my procrastination, tied to my, all right, maybe tomorrow I'll be able to. But now I'm done with Saturn. He's going to leave me alone for 29 years, uh, which is good. <laughs> and then he comes back again down the road a piece. But right now he and I, he and I are good. Uh, we're, we're finished with our little wrestle, wrestling match, and we're off to the next. So now into the week, into the new week. That's what happened the last couple weeks. You're caught up. All right, so the sun enters Pisces. That happened on Sunday. That happened today. It's now the last sign of the zodiac for uh, winter in the northern hemisphere. So the sun in Pisces has an emotional valiance, an emotional connection, and it's fluid. It's the ocean. It's movable oceans. So our charts are entering the, the category of movable ocean. We have a lot of water in the sky. We were very low in water. We had a lot of air and a lot of fire, but now we're going into the water, guys. Saturn is not alone anymore in water. And when the sun entered Pisces, it was trying to the moon, which is, again, out of bounds today, but it also encourages us to expand and, and acknowledge where we're headed and what's important to us. A lot of fixed energy in the sky. People are being a little stubborn and a little dug in, which is okay. The moon in Pisces just swirls around that and doesn't really pay attention to it, or the sun in Pisces just swirls around that and doesn't really pay attention to it. I remember watching rain one day I came back, we'd gone out for lunch at a con astrology conference, and there was this wonderful astrologer named Kirk Kahn, and he was sitting outside of Hunter College, which is a college in New York, and it has kind of slanted sidewalks. Uh, not slanted hard, but, you know, enough to make the water roll, up, roll down. They're all beautiful granite with cracks. And he was sitting there watching the water come down off the sidewalk, accumulate in a crack, and then it would reach maximum and it would break free and then it would be like a wave going down the next sidewalk. So it was like waves of water. But they would stop at the crack and then they would move forward. Remember, water, bowl, water is very mutable. It wants to change. It, want, it takes the shape of the bowl, takes the shape of the container. It's important these next 30 days while the sun is in Pisces that you pay attention to the containers you're hanging out with because emotionally you're going to be a little more sensitive. Remember, Mercury and Mars and Venus have all been loaded up with Pluto and Aquarius, so you can have an emotional reaction to it in terms of how, how you take action, because the energy, has, the sun in Pisces goes, well, I'm trying to shine on this. The Aquarius energy is detached and looks at it, but the Pisces energy is emotionally involved and very sensitive. It's feeling-based. Next up, we have Venus meeting Mars. Now, remember, she and Pluto were hanging out. Uh, Mars and Venus were hanging out with Pluto, but they've now left Pluto's house. That's on February uh, 22nd on Thursday. They leave Pluto's house, and they go off, and they meet up, and they start a new big cycle. So we've got a forward motion energy with the two of them linking up after having both been to Pluto, and, you, you know, you kind of think about, well, what did he say to you? Well, what did he say to you? And you kind of put the clues together. So I always think of Pluto as having triangle energies. And there was a, there was a movie um, 
I'm blanking on the name of it, Knives Out was the first one, and then there was a second one where they had a woman and the Daniel Craig character, and they were all on this island figuring out stuff, and people were getting killed, of course, because it was a murder, murder movie, but it was, it was a clever one. And so the Venus and the Mars allows you to do the, in, the connection, the sharing of information, and the, the story behind it. I'm not going to talk about the movie and give it away as a spoiler, but there was something that happened in the movie that made you go, oh, Oh, yeah. So if you watch the movie, it was the sequel to Knives Out. I'm blanking on the name, but it was really good. And it was Janae, uh, Janelle Monet was the, was the actress in Daniel Craig. Um, and they had, this, that they had this plan that they were working and in terms of figuring out who the killer was. And so as Venus and Mars move away from Pluto, they're going to be looking and going, okay, let's understand what's been going on here. Let's take a, let's take a pulse on this. And Venus and Mars step forward. And they go, okay, this is the story. Now, it also is opposite the moon in Leo. So um, at this point, there will be secrets revealed. This is going to happen on Thursday. We're going to find out stuff that we need to know that helps us make an opinion. And you can also see that Chiron is here on the south node, right? So the node went over Chiron in Aries, which is about, Chiron in Aries is about being brave even if you're not feeling brave. The United States is having a Chiron return on February 24th this week. It happens every 50 years, right? It's a big deal. So we're going to watch for the Chiron return and we also have the North Node of Fate going over our Chiron. When it did it the last time, it was the Kennedy assassination and the Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy assassination, and the Martin Luther King assassination. It also corresponded to an uptick in uh, activities with the KKK uh, in, er in the earlier times in Reformation. It also corresponded to war aspects, and it also corresponded to birth control, interestingly including uh, the year the Catholic Church outlawed abortion, the year Margaret Sanger formed Planned Parenthood, the years Roe v. Wade were passed, and of course the Dobbs decision reversing Roe v. Wade. So we know this week big, big stuff happening because the United States chart is having its Chiron return on the 24th. So this is two days before that Chiron return. And I didn't do the U.S. chart to the Chiron, just trust me, I just did a presentation on Chiron this weekend. So understanding this underlying story of how we have to take action, Aries, but taking action can wound us, Chiron. And also being brave and taking action and saying, all right, uh, I'm going to take action in this. This is important for me. It's something I believe in. So we're going to watch because Chiron's on the note of fate right now. Um, and that's a big deal. It's within an orb. It hit exact on Sunday, but it's all week. And of course, our U.S. Chiron return is this degree. So we're having our Chiron return as a country, which happens every 50 years. And Chiron has an elliptical orbit, so it's not a straight, like, you know, it happens every whatever. But we do know the return is every 50.24 years, I believe it is. Next up, Mercury is going to enter Pisces. That's going to happen on Friday. Uh, the 23rd. And so when Mercury enters Pisces, he was in Aquarius, which is one of his favorite signs. When he dives into Pisces, he's going to combust the sun in a couple of days. And that's next week. 
but he also is working in a, he's really paying attention to, you know, how do we move forward, what emotionally is important for us to work on. When he goes into Pisces, he loses his voice. He gets laryngitis. He doesn't speak. So as he dives into Pisces on Friday, there's a stillness. I always think of that song, there's a kind of a hush all over the world. That's Mercury in Pisces. And so as he shifts energy, he is going to take with him the Virgo and the Gemini planets into water. So the Virgo is Juno, so this whole month since Mercury went into Aquarius back in the beginning of February, February 4th, February 5th, we have been renegotiating our relationships because Juno is retrograde in Virgo. We have also been adjusting our home and our hearth because Vesta, remember Vesta station to go direct to, Vesta is in Gemini. Now that Mercury is going into Pisces, we're going into a quiet space with Mercury. He's not talking anymore. He's going to be listening now. He's going to be very affected by music. Play music that is helpful. Mercury in Pisces likes to meditate. Meditate consciously. Mercury in Pisces does like his cocktails. Be a little careful about slippage if you are a person who can slip. So Mercury in Pisces also has a sensate memory. It's, it's very much about touch and feel. And I often think of Pisces because of it being the 12th house. And I remember back when I was younger and I took drumming lessons, then my drumming teacher, Eva, would say, the first beat you hear is your mother's heartbeat. We're born to a beat. We're born to the consciousness of rhythm. And of course, the 12th house which is when you're nine months pregnant, you know, you're very aware of the heartbeat. And, and of course, a lot of the heartbeat laws, the legislation, the pulse, the energy. So Mercury in Pisces is that heartbeat sound and that, that, that underwater kind of throbbing energy. You know, if you've ever been pregnant and had a picture of the ultrasound and you hear the child heartbeat, Mercury in Pisces. Full moon takes place on February 24th. This corresponds to the Virgo new moon that happened on August 24th of 2022. Uh, okay. So the new moon happened, and then there was the opening quarter last June. Um, or actually, last May. I take that back. May 20. Yeah, May 23rd, 24th, and there. And then now we have the full moon which encourages us to understand things. Very watery moon, deeply feeling. Mercury's in water, the sun's in water, Saturn's in water, the Neptune's in water. We've now gone from all that air and fire that we were running with for a while, we're going into water. Full moons illuminate, enlighten, expand, encourage us to understand new things, and they also invite us into a different space. So with the energy of the full moon taking place on next Saturday, Watch for that moon to grow over this month, over this week, as it approaches full. And it is full at five degrees of the mutables and trapped between Mercury and Saturn. And so it's very emotional full moon, especially around commitments and partnerships and relationships. And if you go back to August 24th, of 2022 and the commitments and the partnerships that you made then now you're going to see them come to fullness and last uh june when we had 
or actually, I keep wanting to say June, last May, end of May, when we had the opening square, there was an awareness of, oh, this is, this is what is required, because Gemini moon, uh, the moon in Virgo is squaring the Gemini sun, rather, and saying this is what's required. Now we're at the full moon, so then another nine months from now, when we get to Sagittarius, we get to November 24th of this year, we will have the moon in Virgo and the sun in Sagittarius. That's a longer cycle. So this is an important sensitive moon and just be conscious of it. It's an interesting moon. I put in some of its um, points. It has, it's parallel to Pandora. Be careful what box you open because <laughs> you might not like what's in it. Remember she opened that box she was told not to but she opened it anyway. And we have Mercury Comp uh, contra-parallel Pandora, which means she's not listening. Mercury's not listening. He's going, open the box, open the box. And, you know, and you almost kind of, you know, if you look at that chart, you see them as three little people hanging out, Mercury and the sun hanging out, and they've been told, no, don't open the box. And they're like, but don't you want to look? And of course, Mars and Venus are playing together, and they want to look. There's a couple of, there's lots of triangles in the sky, which means there's lots of triangles on Earth. We also have uh, Mercury on Icarus, which when you open the box, when you don't listen to the instructions, Mercury's in Pisces. What do you do? You fall from high. Uh, Icarus was told not to go too low. He'd get water on his wings, not to go too high. The sun would melt the wax. He went too high and he fell. So Mercury went from Aquarius into Pisces, which is on Icarus. Mercury's on Icarus. So he had a fall from grace. We also have the Sun, par Venus rather, paralleling Phaeton. Phaeton too uh, was not acknowledged by his father and as a result he stole the chariot and he was driving the chariot of the horses that carry the Sun and he burned the earth and then he froze the earth and then the gods whacked him and he fell out of the chariot and he fell into a, a river and he drowned. There's some interesting mythologies in the sky on this full moon. We also have Mars paralleling Isis descending into the underground. We have Neptune paralleling Toro, stubborn as a bull. We have Chiron on Terpsichore, watch for new music. New music that speaks. I don't know if you've heard Billy Joel's new song that he debuted at the Grammys. It was really good. But also watch for me music because Chiron is working with Phaeton and Venus and Terpsichore. So there's a lot of energy in terms of music and communication. And Mercury is in Pisces, the sign of music and communication. We also have Pallas Athena opposite the part of catastrophe. Never a good sign. <laughs> and we also have the nodes of fate on the part of the mother and how we are nurtured or cared for. And we also have Uranus on the part of death. So it promises to be a pretty interesting full moon. Um, and, you know, just remember, hang in there. We're, we're undergoing all these changes. They're part of our choices, our options, our ways of looking at the world and seeing it in a different way. And we are children of the universe. And it is unfolding, and we're getting a lot of information about how to work with it. Next up, Venus squares Jupiter. Now, she does this once a year, right? But she is in Aquarius, having just gotten loaded up with a bunch of information from Pluto. Now, Pluto is the lord of the underworld. He may have given her some money. Mars and Venus might have been at a casino in Pluto's underworld playing games with him, because they were both down there all last week. But as she leaves, 
And now as she goes away from Mars, she's squaring Jupiter. So she's got something nice. And it's some psychological awareness that she's working with as part of this square. And squares are action-oriented. They get you moving. She's ruling Jupiter. He is her... Um, he's in her rulership. She's in charge of him and the Libra planet. The south node at this point is the only thing in Libra. And Venus is also going to come to square Uranus in a few weeks. But this is an annual square that she has with the big guy. And Jupiter and Pluto are in a wide square. You know, not not gonna not close, but what happens when planets meet up with a planet like Pluto and then they go forward and they meet up with another planet like Jupiter, it's called carrying the light. And remember, Jupiter and Pluto are brothers. So as Venus moves forward and squares Jupiter, she might say to him, Hey, you know, there's this thing going on, I think you should know about it. So you want to watch what you hear, especially tied to last week's messages or last week's information, as Venus does that square to Jupiter this week. And that takes place on Saturn's day. Now he's off the world point, but the sun is getting close to the world point. And um, that's always interesting when that happens, because interesting news, the sun is on the Mercury-Saturn midpoint so interesting news coming your way pay attention next up mercury in pisces now squares Pallas athena and that is a opening square meaning Pallas athena has the goods and mercury is going back to Pallas athena and saying what was the strategy we were talking about again what was the commitment we were going to do and so we're going to watch for that commitment energy being updated as Mercury squares Pallas Athena. And then in a couple days, Mercury meets up with the sun and brings the sun the information, the new strategic approach we're going to take. Remember, Pallas Athena, Pluto, and Mars and Venus are all within a sextile. They're all kind of working together. So even though Pallas Athena is behind them, meaning she's coming up to meet up with Pluto in a, in a little bit, she's involved in the strategy that's being laid. And also Jupiter, she answers to Jupiter in, in Taurus. So he, of course, just talked to Venus about the strategy. And then next up, he's going to talk to Mars about the strategy, which will be next week. And he will, Mercury will come and talk to him about the strategy too. So there's a lot of strategic thinking going on in the heavens and your job is to pay attention as the news comes in. These, this is a really important month for paying attention to the story, the underlying story, the forward moving story, the vision of where you want to go as well as where you're feeling perhaps a little um, overwhelmed with the energy because it is pretty overwhelming but it's also focusing because Mercury wants us to focus. It gives us a little spotlight. Aquarius wants us to focus. It wants us to pay attention. We are the audience. We are watching. We are learning information. We probably can't do much about it right now because we're in the audience, but we're not missing it. Pay attention to what you see. Um, hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to work with the week ahead. Um, we also are going to do our moons and our suns. And we're good on time, so that's all good. 
All right, so this week the sun is going from 29 Aquarius to 6 Pisces. Um, as mentioned, he enters Pisces on the 18th. He has a hard aspect to the nodes of fate, which I did not put in. That happens on February 20th about emotional choices, about what that he's going to make. He has a square to Pallas Athena on February 23rd, where he's like, huh, that's what we're doing? And then he has a commitment that he makes on February 24th when he parallels Saturn. And he says, okay, this is the creative energy I'm heading towards. Mercury this week, moving quickly. Mercury is moving from 22 Aquarius to 5 Pisces. So first up, you have a little argument with the goddess of discord that happens on Monday. And then he, has, he enters Pisces on the 23rd. And he has a hard aspect with the nodes of fate on the 23rd where he's, you know, figuring out, well, like, what do I actually have to do? Why do I have to do that? What's the purpose of that and why? I got the cat coming up here. Hang on one second. Let me move everything. Um, and also, somebody wrote me uh, saying that the podcast only came in mono. And what was happening was... The bird's out there. Wow, it suddenly turned into daylight... Suddenly got a little exciting here. Uh, the cat came up, a bird started cawing, my microphone went a little crazy, <laughs> obviously an important moment. Um, but Mercury is having a hard aspect to the nodes of fate on February 23rd, similar to the sun having it on February 20th. And so Mercury is asking us to make some important choices in terms of direction and how we work with them. And then Mercury has a square to Pallas Athena on February 25th. So there's a lot of energy going on about listening to the messengers and paying attention to the ideas. Um, and because he is in Pisces, he's quiet, listening to the music. Um, uh, Venus this week goes from 2 Aquarius to t 11 and a half. So she has not a bunch of aspects, but she does meet up with Mars that starts a, a year-long story for her and him about direction that they're heading in. She also has some flowing aspects with the nodes of fate and Chiron, where she recognizes where we've been wounded, but she also steps forward. We'll talk a little bit more about that when I do Alexei Navalny's chart uh, at the end of this podcast. Um, and then we have Venus square Jupiter here, which is very strong energy of that opening square uh, yeah, that activates and encourages us to take action, I'm sorry, it's a closing square that activates and encourages us to take action in how we're going to proceed. Mars this week, not a lot going on with him, but both he and Venus meet Chiron and the Node. So they're both looking at that Chiron in terms of the soul wound and the Node in terms of the path we have to walk. And you're, you may find that your Chiron is very active this week because Chiron hits that North Node. So understanding what it is, like my Chiron's in Capricorn in the 12th. So I know that that means I need to do some internal work behind the scenes. I need to do some organizational structural work. I need to do, I got a whole list to get things out the door and get things moving forward. So watch for your own as Mars hits Chiron and Mars hits the node and Venus hits Chiron and Venus hits the node. Venus hits it on the 20th, the 20th, Mars hits it on the 19th. Um, so we have that opportunity to connect. Mars goes from 4 Aquarius to um, 9 and a half, not moving fast. Saturn has a 
semi-square with Eris, the goddess of discord. He's not going to fight with her, even though she wants to pick a fight. He's not going to. And Uranus has a sesquiquadrate to Ceres about, well, how are we going to create that? Again, stressful energies that do require you to think about them, but you're probably not going to be able to act on them. You're going to think about, well, I think if I want to create that, I have to do these changes. That's the energy. And remember, nothing happens unless we change. <laughs> and Pluto in Aquarius is an assessment quadrate to Juno. And again, how we partner, Juno is retrograde. How we partner with things is how they get created. Now Juno is answering to Mercury and Pisces because Mercury's gone into Pisces. And it's that you know, that AA saying of knowing what you know and knowing what you can change, what you can't change, and being wise enough to know the difference. So that's the energy that is happening with those two planets. Are you, do you understand what's going on? Yes. Do you understand it has to change? Yes. Do you want to change? Silence. You got to change. That's the energy. We also have uh, adjustments in relationships as part of this journey with Pluto and Aquarius in a hard aspect to Juno, the node of the partnership planet. Last but not least, we have Juno in a stressful aspect to the nodes of fate and Chiron in a stressful aspect to the nodes of fate. So we have a lot of energy here about adjusting our relationships so that they help us heal or so they don't further wound us. Interesting week, but more importantly, what did Mercury, Venus, and Pluto say to you last week? Because that's where you go to get the answer of what you're supposed to do this week, because those were conjunctions. The Mercury-Pluto is a year long. The Mars-Pluto is two years long. The Venus-Pluto is one year long, right? But they all met Pluto for the first time, and he's going to spend 19 years in Aquarius. So it was pretty interesting. I mean, I just kept taking notes last week about what all was going on, whether it was Fawny Willis testifying, I don't need no man. Man's not a plan, a man's a companion. Or it was Donald Trump's verdict, or it, you know, losing the money in the fraud case. Or it was the truckers saying, we're not going to deliver stuff to New York. We're going to protest Trump being a crook by not bringing New York groceries. I'm like, all right, whatever. Everybody has their plan. Everybody has their vision. Remember, we're all here on Earth to go through this together and hopefully figure out a good way to do it. Um, off we go. So anyway, I, was, I, I think I got interrupted with the cat and the bird and the dog and everybody moving around. I, somebody had written it, it was stereo. It wasn't stereo on the podcast. At that point, the jump, cat jumped up and the bird hawked and the microphone changed. So the reason it is uh, solo, one ear, is because people were complaining about the fan. And I put a microphone on the little podcast that records. And apparently it only records mono. So better quality of sound, but only one ear. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's a work in progress. All right, so this week is the 18th, Sunday the 18th. The sun is going into Pisces tonight at 11, 8, 11.13 p.m. The moon wind void goes void tonight at 10.21, um, and it goes void with a trine to the sun, so moon trine the sun in 
which is lovely. Moon in Aquarius trines the sun in, uh, or, I'm sorry, Moon in Gemini tries the sun in Aquarius. Moon is out of bounds. Moon is in Cancer uh, Sunday night from 1025 on. All day tomorrow, President's Day, holiday off. Day, all day Tuesday, the moon is moving slowly. It goes void 1.38 a.m. on the 21st, Wednesday morning. It's void all night, and the moon goes void with a trine to Neptune. So again, very much fun and enjoyment and expansion. Then it enters Leo on Wednesday morning of the 21st at 8.40 a.m. It'll be in Leo Wednesday and Thursday, going void at 11.18 p.m. Thursday night with a square to Uranus, sudden unexpected changes. Then Mercury enters Pisces on the 23rd, the moon is void, and the moon is void, um, the moon is void on the 23rd because Mer the moon does not enter Pisces, uh, not enter Virgo rather, until 8.38 p.m. So we have a void moon from 11.18 p.m. at night on the 22nd, all day the 23rd. Entering Virgo on the evening of Friday, 8.38 p.m. And then it will be in Virgo Friday night on Saturday for the full moon. That happens at 7.30 in the morning. And then on Sunday, it'll be in Virgo. And it goes void at 2.35 a.m. on the 26th with an opposition to Neptune. Fertile moons this week are Monday and Tuesday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There are not a lot of stressful aspects except for Wednesday. That has a lot of oppositions. And we have some squares on Thursday the 22nd, which, but because the moon's in Leo, basically they're happy squares, right? They're, um, they're opening squares, carrying energy out into the world. Adjustments on Friday, and then the full moon on Saturday is, is basically a nice day, even though it's a full moon. So there's adjusting energy this week. It's adjust, adjust, adjust. You've learned things. You have to take them into consideration. You have to take them into account and deal with them. And that's the energy for the weekly weather. Next up, uh, we have the intentions for 2024. We had a weekend intensive this weekend. It will be available for purchase if you were unable to do it on the weekend. It's recorded and we have a live Q&A in a week, two weeks I think, where you can ask questions. And it's a precursor to our ongoing relationship course that will be once a week, taught by myself, Margaret Gray, and Rachel Lang. Uh, Patreon, couple of stars, you get the daily updates uh, and a song and an aspect and timed aspects and also an audio piece. Alright, so now let's talk about... Uh, Alexei Navalny. Uh, we have a timed chart for him. He was the opposition leader uh, against Putin in Russia. We have a chart date for him of June 4th, uh, 1976, which is a Friday. Um, he is born at 10.30 in the morning in Putin, Russia. Coordinates for that are 55 north 35 and 36 east 57. As you notice, he has planets uh, 27, Midheaven is 27 Aquarius, his Ascendant is 28 Virgo. Um, he was poisoned, he's a Gemini, he was poisoned twice by Putin. He's led the opposition uh, for many years now. 
There was a documentary last year that was excellent that was awarded Academy Award. I encourage you to watch it. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to take a moment and look at his chart with the air and the earth. Um, he has a family. His family was actually in Munich, uh, in Munich when they announced he had been killed in prison, or he had died in prison. Um, when we look at his fixed stars, the first thing that comes to mind, we're looking at a protester. We're going to look at the Gemini, the Mercury. Mercury is in Taurus, in a high, far away place from where he was born. He was up north of the Arctic Circle in Siberia. Mercury rules his ascendant. Mercury rules his midheaven. Both of them are in Gemini. Mercury is on Algol, which is the fixed star of beheading. So they haven't turned over the corpse yet. I'm going to be really curious if there was a beheading as part of his uh, murder. Now, Algol isn't always having your head cut off, but a lot of times it is. And I remember reading someone who had a lot of Algol, and um, uh, it was back when I was learning fixed stars. And I said, I, you know, I have to ask you about this because it's kind of a, a lot of them. And she was a head and neck surgeon, cancer head and neck surgeon. So she cut off people's heads for a living. Not like really literally, but, you know, she went in there and took out part of your neck. Um, and one time when I was a baby astrologer and I was asking, you know, it looked like it was in a safe place. It was up in the 11th house. It was hanging out. Uh, hanging out with Mercury, it was, you know, I said, oh, this, this fixed star. She goes, well, my brother was decapitated. I'm like, oh. I said, your older brother? She goes, yeah. I said, oh. And Mercury, a steering wheel cut his head off. I'm like, oh. Mercury on Algol. This is not a nice placement. However, he has the moon on Regulus. He is a king. Uh, he has Pluto on Diatom. He is a king. He has Pluto, parallel Regulus, he is a king. This is not a good thing for Vladimir to have done. Because what he basically did was he made him a martyr. And um, the day before he was killed, he was joking with his captors, Mercury, and saying, hey, you know, there was a videotaped released, and he was joking and laughing, and then now all of a sudden he's dead. Right? So... Um, this is this is not a good not a good look for Vladimir. We also have him having Pluto on the part of sickness. We also have Pluto on the part of danger or peril. Uh, we have the moon on the part of increase, meaning he will increase his followers with this. Um, and he has the sun on the part of suns. You know he is working to make a better was working to make a better Russia. He has Mercury opposite the part of passion, which is you know, kind of a big deal. And um, when he came back home, he knew he would be killed, or he knew he would be arrested. He was arrested as he got off the plane. But we do know he does everything twice. So he's got that Venus-Sun conjunction in Gemini um, here, and that he's born on a Venus star point, uh, Sun-Venus conjunction, right before the Venus Kazemi. That was four years ago. This June coming up, Sun Venus is on that same thing. So watch June 1st to the 8th for stuff with him to come into the news because he's, his Venus star point is highly activated. With Moon on Regulus, which is the queen star, the king star, the Moon on the fixed star Regulus gives him a... Um, He's a king, he's a leader, and the Regulus planets are very strong. He also, you can see, has Saturn here at the last degree of Cancer. And of course, who's opposite that right now but Pluto?
Pluto in Capricorn. So Pluto goes back into Capricorn uh, and will be there September through November. So we'll see what happens because this is a this is a story that is going to be unfolding. But we do see that um, that Mercury on Algol, which is uh, communication. He ran into the fixed star. Now Algol is also piles of corpses. It's a nasty little star. Uh, and the Chinese thought of it as piles of corpses and mass death, um, uh, but communication, right? When we look at the, we don't have a time per se, we just have the day, uh, and we know it was, he was north in North Russia, so, you know, obviously more can be released, but in terms of what I've seen so far. But if we look, we can see the Mar solar arc, you know, the internal chart is him, Second is his progress chart, what he's emotionally progressed to. Third chart is his solar arcs, his points of action. Fourth wheel is his uh, transits for the day he, he was murdered. We see Neptune on the descendant, right? Now I'm always a little suspicious of even times like 10.30. Well, make it 10.30, make it 10, uh, 10.28, and he's got Neptune on the descendant. That makes him a martyr. He natally has a very strong Neptune in the third house where he's speaking of freedom. We had talked about the Kennedy assassination and Martin Luther King assassination. He has Chiron on the note of fate, was assassinated by anger, by envy, by whatever, because it's on Eris, the goddess of discord, but that's the head, right? Over here, we see Mars on the ascendant. In his, uh, in his first house. Again, make him be born at 1028, it's right on the angle. We also see that the Mars was on, Mars in Virgo was on Juno, how he partnered. And of course his wife was at that conference in Munich, and so she spoke. We also see his progressed son is on his Saturn. Right, literally right there, progressed son on Saturn. And again, this does not mean if you have these aspects you're gonna get killed in a Russian prison, but these are, I always find these are a little instructive for helping you to understand, you know, when you cast a chart to say, okay, what actually happened and how did it go? What, what was the story? So we see the sun here on that Saturn, progressed sun on the Saturn, and we know Pluto was there, Pluto was on the Neptune, and Pluto's going back to that in September. So this story is not over, even though he is no longer on this physical plane. Um, we also have the note of fate here, just shifted. It's sitting right there at the top, ready to shift into the midheaven. And of course, again, you know, right on the angles, you know, angles are angular. We notice things, we find them out, we step into it. We also see transiting Jupiter on his south node in the eighth house of death. We also see Uranus here. It, I think it was a shock to a lot of people that he was killed um, because, you know, you can, people can fall out of buildings, helicopters can blow up, airplanes, you know, and you go, well, yeah, the plane blew up. But with Uranus, you know, when you're under guard and you die, you know, we ask some questions, right? We also see Jupiter transiting or progress Jupiter on his Mercury on Algol, right? And we do know that he had a couple of poison attempts. The German doctors saved him. Interestingly, this conference was in Munich in Germany. So um, the people that knew of his journey and his story 
I do encourage you to watch the documentary. I do encourage you to recognize someone who was very brave and not afraid and recognize when he went home like he would be a political prisoner and he does have you know Saturn in the 12th house so he knew he was going to get put in jail I don't know that he thought he was going to get killed but he also was willing to take that risk because of his beliefs those planets in the ninth house are what I believe to be true and he has Mercury in Taurus he is a very clear person about what he believes is important and we also see the progressed the solar arc midheaven rather at 13 Leo which is a lot about um, following that heart's path and it also we have Uranus here about to leave the eighth house and go into the ninth house so this is going to be a bit of a galvanizing force additionally for the last two and a half years the moon was in Taurus progressed moon was in Taurus and it just entered Gemini uh, and so moon in Gemini is a message now his progress moon comes to his Venus and his Sun this next chapter so we'll see what that is and we also see Jupiter up here at the top of the chart having entered into its exaltation uh, placement so we'll see how that unfolds but I do think you know looking at the chart and we also have down here the ascendant a progressed ascendant just went into Scorpio so he really had these major shifts ascended into Scorpio moon into Gemini Sun about to go into Leo to make him the king Sun on Saturn as he's shining the light on the authorities and we also have Mercury here on Ceres so his mother his wife and the mother of his kids stepped forward and was speaking about her husband and of course last year when Jupiter was on the World Point, his documentary, Solar Arc World Point, his documentary won the Academy Award. So watch the documentary, inform yourself, because what you are watching with Trump, when the League of Nations was formed when Chiron was in Aries, you're watching the opportunity for the world to go to hell in a handbasket, basically. So your job, should you decide to accept it, is to understand geopolitics and pay a little more attention because Pluto and Aquarius is we're all on the same earth and the other thing was that the, whatever the guy the Republican guy that ran out of the hearing where they said Russia was going to put nukes in space he ran into you know ran out and was all upset you know I mean there was a lot of news last week and I you know I'm old you know I'm 70 so I'm not going to be here that much longer I mean I don't want to leave tomorrow but uh, you know the rest of us the younger ones the older ones too we have an opportunity to get people to pay attention and shape up part of the gift you have by knowing astrology is being able to look at this and understand it and say hey 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 now the nodes of fate are going through Navalny's first and seven this is the last time they were there was in 2005 they were there in 1986 so he is going to be pulling in people because of this martyrdom Think of how many Martin Luther King streets there are in the United States. Think of, I mean, Kennedy got a lot of pushback by using his, his uncle's videos from 1960s in the Super Bowl ad. But there is a mythology, there's a vision, there's an expectation of how we're supposed to believe. And when you make someone a martyr, they become very powerful. 
So I don't think Vladimir was on his best game when he decided to kill him. Better to lock him up in prison forever than make him a martyr. So, and that's the Neptune opposite the Mars. Right? I died for my beliefs. So on that note, I wish you a happy week ahead. And, um, uh, you know, this was all last week. This was all that Mercury-Mars. Uh, Venus, Pluto, triangles, thoughts, beliefs. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we on Earth? All these and burning other questions are part of your week ahead. So hopefully that gives you a good week ahead. And I uh, thank you all. Um, I appreciate the comment that the lady said, if I don't get it done, it's just I keep, you know, my little procrastinator brain goes, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then the day rolls by. But I am, Saturn's off my moon. So hopefully my regulation, moon rules my sixth house of regulation, moons in Pisces. So that little baby was just pressing on my poor little moon. But now my moon's like, you go away, you mean old Saturn. Get away from me. Don't give me a hard time. And uh, that's the plan, at least. You know, we always make the plan and then reality happens. So wishing you a good week. Um, lots, lots, lots ahead. And uh, you're right where you're supposed to be. You chose this time to incarnate. You got a job to do. If it's in your heart, it's in your chart. Step forward and do your chart. And live your best life. Bye.